Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to In Transition, the podcast that explores the practice of content marketing in government. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you very much for joining us once again. Content marketing is a strategic business process that involves the creation, curation, and distribution of useful, relevant, and consistent content designed to meet the needs of a specific audience in order to achieve a desired citizen or stakeholder action. It's a modern approach that combines the power of strategic communication planning with the distribution of online and offline channels. Well, today I'm joined by Mr. David Honke, who is the Director of Communications for Actu Water in Canberra, in Australia. And David, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me here. It's uh, good to be along. Dave, um, let's get the Dave Honke story. How did you come from wherever you came from to be the Communications Director of the Water Utility for the Australian Capital uh, Territory in Australia? Well, uh, in a weird kind of way, this uh, is uh, the complete loop for me now. Um, I literally started off, I remember... As a very young child, my grandmother gave me a, uh, a radio and the radio actually had a microphone with it and I just went around recording myself and my, my siblings and uh, had a bucket of um, a good time. And uh, You sound like a radio guy. Oh, thank you. I've got a place <laughs> like a radio guy too, I've, I've been told. I'll do some magic tricks for radio later. Um, and we did a uh, had just a, a ball with this um, with this uh, radio, which had a microphone, cassettes. That's literally how how long ago it was. And so we had this. Uh, um, uh, for me, it was just a, a real genuine uh, interest in um, <laughs> liking the sound of my own voice, but literally recording conversations and getting into it that way. Um, then uh, through my father and cricket being uh, the, the great Australian game that it was uh, in the states, it's baseball in in uh, in other parts of the world. It's a bit different. Um, we grew up with cricket, and cricket was always on the radio and uh, for Australian listeners and, and English listeners even they would appreciate the great dulcet tones of Alan McGilvray um, very popular Australian um, uh, radio broadcaster of the well for, for, for 50 odd years um, calling the great game so grew up with a passion for cricket and grew up with a passion for, for listening to it on the radio um, we used to drive around in a car that didn't have a cassette deck either it just had the radio so for me got into radio at a young age um, literally then at the age of about 14 started in community radio um, then uh, was fortunate enough to go to the Australian Film, Television and Radio School later in life, uh, then took on radio as that's just what I wanted to do and, and I had sort of uh, my own career goals and things that I always just wanted to wanted to achieve. Um, then after a while in radio, I uh, went from you know, Sydney to Canberra eventually as in amongst another other um, uh, other destinations around Australia, um, got into television here in Canberra and then uh, from that, um, did a, a number of roles on camera, off camera, in the programming area as well. Got a real deep understanding of how to use that medium and what the ins and outs of it were. Um, after getting a real appreciation of um, of what the uh, the radio um, gist was too. The two are very similar but uh, very different. So the way I'll describe it, radio is the um, the speedboat. It can change direction. You're in total control. Uh, television, very powerful, but it's like the QE2 or a battleship. Hard to change course. Has a lot of VR engine room. A lot of people go to make the, the end product. Where in radio, as we're doing now, you can sit down with um, a microphone or two, hit record, and away you go. You're master of your own destiny. Uh, from that, um, took a step out of television into a number of, a number of other roles and had uh, held down marketing and journalism kind of roles as well. Um, finished an MBA, so try to get the business sort of sense behind me and then found myself um, with, a, with a bit of a toolkit that said, 
Well, you can communicate and you've got a bit of business now, about you now. Where does that lead you to? And uh, I, I love thoroughly getting behind the microphone as we're doing now, but I really enjoy that commercial side of life as well and what it means to actually run a business, um, be involved in the in the business scene and, and all those uh, areas, finance, HR, all the different machinations that make up uh, a business output. So from that um, roundabout kind of way, I ended up finding myself at Actu Water, the ACT Electricity Water. Water, it's a bit of a bizarre name. Um, that's the local water utility in town. Uh, we're in the process of changing our name to Icon Water and so that new brand and, and uh, new identity is coming out um, in the next few months and, and indeed the next couple of years. Okay, we'll, we'll come to that in a moment because that really is the purpose of what we're discussing is really a water utility. Now, water utilities all around the world have the same sorts of challenges. So we'll, we'll come to that in a moment. But what did you learn in radio that you're applying to your job today? Communication needs to be personal and relevant tap into emotion and have a call to action. And they're almost um, mindsets that in radio I, was, I, I did uh, what you typically do in, in uh, radio stations. You started out and you do every kind of job under the sun. So I, was, um, I ended up being a, a creative director at one stage, so learning how to write commercials and, and write promotions and putting together that side of life and learnt from, from some amazing people in that, in that, um, that sense from Australia. Um, also a lot of time on air and a lot of time in the production studio. So what it does, um, it really gets you, gives you the ability to find out what a message is, sell a message, and I don't mean sell in a commercial sense, but actually make it convincing and make it pointed and get a call to action out of it. And that can be anything from, uh, you know, how do you package up a, a product to literally sell for a client uh, through to how do you tap into the emotion of an audience to help them get on board, raise money for a charity or get behind a, a promotion or a theme or even event that you're actually pushing. But what's your method for distilling the essence of, 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 a, of a simple message? How do you go about trying to pull it all apart to find that key bit that's really going to drive the action. You really need to know who you're talking to and the best way to talk to that audience. So that's one thing I've found. So even in a corporate sense, when you bring what you've learnt in a uh, typical commercial radio sort of sense, how do you then pull that back out, make it relevant and tap into that emotion and, and actually uh, make it relevant to the particular audience and what do they care about and why do they care about it and why should they care about what you're telling them? So how do you actually then sit down and try to put yourself in the audience's shoes to try to gather those insights? Because really what you're describing is content marketing, that it's really not about what you want to say, it's about what the audience needs to know and wants to understand. Yeah, it's very important that you understand the profile of your audience and the profile of the message and the intent behind the message. You really can't um, do the secondhand car salesman trick of trying to sell someone a lemon or, or trying to convince them of something that they can't be convinced of. So, for example, in a corporate sort of sense, it's really about saying, well, what are we trying to achieve here and why are we trying to, to achieve this? So it might be something as simple as saying, look, the managing director, the head of the company, the head of the organisation really wants to be able to say to the audience, it's its own audience, might be internal, might be external, that we need them to understand a certain principle or a certain issue. Then once you understand the parameters around that and why that needs to occur, it's then sort of saying, well, who are we saying this to? Why are we saying it to them? And also, what's the best way to say it to them? And that, that includes you know, timing of messaging, how you message that, and also the channels that you're actually using too. Okay, that's from radio. What about from TV? What did you learn from TV that's helping you 
to do a good job today. Sure. Uh, TV is really where uh, radio and content marketing almost collide in a sense because TV is a very powerful medium in the sense that pictures rule. Pictures mean everything in, in, in television. Hence, um, if you have a great news story but no pictures, really, in a sense, have nothing. And that's when you, you see reporters talking to reporters and you see a lot of other issues that people try to cover up the fact that we don't have the, the vision that we, we like to have. Um, so where uh, television is incredibly powerful with pictures and incredibly powerful with emotion, but where television is just starting to turn the corner a little bit is we can't really interact with our audience that well or that efficiently. Radio, it's a matter of just saying, call me now, talk to me now, we'll get you on the air, we'll have a conversation, we'll get you to contribute. Uh, Television, we've got to get not just audio, but we have to get pictures. And pictures in remote locations, big expense, it can be. Um, Although the uh, with the invention and the use now of things like like Skype, Facebook, Twitter, all those things that they're using to integrate into the program is being able to say, look, for years you've sat on the couch watching us, having your own conversation, have the conversation now with us, about us, and for us. Now, you've arrived in a utility. So you've got this kit bag of media skills. Uh, you've got your MBA as well. And you've arrived at, in this water utility. And it just so happens now that the great gift of technology means that this water utility can now be a media company. So how do you go about starting to talk to the water engineers and the chief financial officer and all these other people who've been in the business of delivering water services to explain to them that the great gift of technology now means that they can not only do that, but they can also engage with their customers directly on a daily basis through multiple channels, should they so choose. It's a little bit uh, scary, but it's incredibly exciting as well. So, Do they get it? They do and they don't. So, And I think this is not just in a water utility sense. It's across the board in organisations and it's a generational shift as well. So what you tend to get in in a lot of organisations, and I'm not just talking about um, Icon Water in this instance, pick any organisation, you tend to get the senior management and, and the board and so forth tend to be of a generation which didn't grow up with the technology. Therefore, they tend to grasp a little bit slower. How do we use this? What's the reason behind it? What's the best way? Are you sure? Et cetera, et cetera. And you always get that. Sorry to jump in, but are they getting it better now? Because Absolutely. they're observing their own behaviours? I think so. And also they're observing the behaviours around them in a business sense, but in a personal sense as well. Yeah. So when Facebook first came along and when Twitter and all these uh, bits of social media came along, it was something that other people did. Now in everyday life, it's something that everyone does, whether it's your, your wife, your husband, your partner, your kids, whomever. Your grandmother. You don't have a choice. Your grandfather. Exactly right. And now more and more, you are the one who is isolated from the technology, not you're the exception rather than the rule now. And so the rule is we have to use this and the rule is your audience is using this. So as I like to say internally to a lot of people I talk to, the conversation is already happening in the room. It's your choice whether you want to go in the room and be part of that conversation. At times, stick up for yourself. At times, guide the conversation. But at least you need to be there hearing what's going on. But are you finding those very intelligent people? These people are not board directors. They're not CEOs. They're not if they don't have large amounts of intelligence. And and my firm belief is that we're certainly cross that chasm, that people are now into it. But it's 
how do we do it in a way that is strategic, that is manageable, that is accountable, that is measurable in order for this activity, be it the creation, curation of video, audio, stills or text or graphics, in order to drive back towards business objectives. So how do you then start that process of saying, okay, you've got it, I've got it, this is what I want to do. How do you start to sell that in so as it starts to happen? Well, the channels were, and Facebook and and all those sort of iterations, were always seen as being exactly that social media, things you did in your spare time, personally, you did at home. So then making the um, making it relevant to the business sense and and saying to himself saying to the organization you know what this just isn't a spare time hobby this is actually a, a credible conversation and a credible tool and channel that you can actually use to actually get business results in a lot of different ways uh, there are times when you need to almost tick and flick from the list to say we're not going to engage that way we will in this way that's all fine but once you've actually sold the 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 credible option and the fact that it's happening, we know it's not a choice to get on the train. The train is the only train leaving now. <laughs> you want to be on it or not? That's pretty much what it comes down to. Okay, let's get some into some real concrete examples of how you have used content and content marketing to achieve some business objectives within the water utility you work for. Sure. So we have an incredible story of being a water utility and most water utilities do. In fact, I would say all utilities do. It just happens to be a different story depending on where they are. Really visual stories, aren't they? They're incredibly. And they're incredible because when water comes out of your tap, all you think of is I turn the tap and it comes out. We don't actually have an appreciation of where this comes from. Mm. Um, the water utilities as I take a glass of water as you do. <laughs> uh, as a, a California water story is incredible, but it's unique to California in a sense. They've got a desert country. Um, similar story to what we have here in uh, Australia with uh, Adelaide. It's a different story again to what happens here in the ACT in the Australian Capital Territory. We're very fortunate. Water falls in a very natural catchment in the mountains. It, it falls down. It comes down to our um, our dams, which are gravity fed. So we've we've been a very fortunate city that. We weren't a city that just happened. We were a city that was very well planned and catered for. So water was one of the very first things ever thought of for the ACT. So in the water story, it was thought, um, let's actually make the ACT where the water falls naturally in a catchment. So we're at an advantage. We didn't just happen and then think, wow, we've got to find out how we're going to get water here. Um, We actually had um, a very well thought out and very well planned method of catching water. So water basically falls in the catchment. Uh, We pipe it into um, quite a large network of dams. We then pump it into a um, a treatment... um, facility uh, it gets treated, but we don't have to treat it that heavily because the water falls so naturally and it falls in um, naturally protected national parks. Therefore, it's not in farming land. It's not in land that actually um, uh, de- uh, denigrates the product to a degree. comes in, we pipe it to reservoirs, 47-odd reservoirs around the ACT. It comes to your tap. You can shim it. Uh, we regularly rate uh, one of the highest in the country for water quality, and we haven't had to treat it too much. You then can shim it. It then goes down the, the pipes as wastewater. It gets taken out to a sewer treatment plant and we're an inland city so we're going we have some uh, we can't just pipe it out to ocean outfall we actually then have to treat it at a very very high standard and then we put it back into the river at a standard which is comparable to how it came in and so our water cycle story is incredibly unique incredibly powerful so good is the quality as it goes in that some of the older engineers will for a bit of a stunt take a glass of water as it comes out the outfall pipe and take a drink because that's how confident they are in the quality that we've treated it to so it's an incredible story it then goes downstream and then um other towns and cities use it as it goes down the river system. But how do you make people care about that great story when really all I really care about is, is it coming out of the tap 
And does it taste okay? Well, this is where our story and content marketing and social media really do collide very well. So for us, traditionally, you'd really have to either uh, traditionally maybe take a television crew camera out there and and do something similar to that. Um, It is a story that you can tell on radio, paint some pictures. You can literally get people in buses, and we've done that before and you take them out. With the power of social media and sharing and people wanting this sort of content that is almost the hidden treasure of the story, we take turn the tap on, it just happens, we flush the toilet, it goes away. We don't understand what happens in the middle. To a degree, if we're doing our job well, we're being taken for granted. That's, that's another bonus. So what we've done, we've managed to um, uh, get some real good content marketing around uh, the bits and pieces that people don't know about. The way we treat the sewers is a great example in the the sewage treatment plant that we have at Lower Malonglo here in the ACT and really tell this incredible story of how it comes in. We literally treat it with a furnace, with some bugs, um, with some chemicals, and then we can actually put it out to uh, a river system that actually has um, shortly downstream a whole platypus colony that is well taken care of. But do you think people will still care about that? Do they still really want to know about what happens behind the clean glass of water? I think they do because it's a, it's a concept that people take for granted and we, we like to know. We're inquisitive by nature. And when you can actually tap in and tell them not just this is the story but this is what it means to you and for us it's really about we build, we guard, we sustain the environment as well. Uh, we're here for generations to prosper here in the ACT. So when you start to talk to them on their level about what matters to them uh, and the, the uh, we are here in the ACT very environmentally aware, very environmentally conscious, when you start talking to them on their level and that's what we're doing for the environment, then the penny starts to drop, then they want to know more. And how have you told that story? It sounds videos obviously a key component but have you used the personalities of the people who are the people who are the guardians of the clean water? Yeah, very much so. Notionally here in the ACT, we are a water utility who is this year 100 years old. So we have an incredible story to tell. We were here literally before the, the capital city was um, was uh, derived. We have some people in the business, and this blows my mind. We're 100 years this year. We have some staff members who have been here for 50 years in the organisation, and they are literally um, up to retirement date, but they enjoy doing what they do so much that they almost refuse to give up. They're, they are part of the system, part of the network. Um, So we've used these characters and these personalities and these absolute um, astounding guardians of knowledge and and corporate knowledge. Uh, They're the people who look at pictures from the uh, the Second World War and and they'll say, I was there that day and I was the person putting in that pipe or that what have you. So it's an incredible story to tell. We've used those people to really tell a story in a relatable way because we have 400-odd people on our books in our employ, and they are local Canberrans, every single one of them. Um, in some parts of the business, we have people who have been here for three generations. We have grandfathers and we have fathers and we have daughters working in the business, and they have almost a family history within the business itself. And they've, uh, they're, um, they're, we've got a few of those people. And so being able to tap into that local knowledge, that local personality and that local relevance is, is so vital to our story. Are they reluctant to tell their story given that they've been water people and they're not perhaps storytellers or what not what's traditionally been seen as the storyteller? And that's part of this, this new content marketing concept. So before they weren't really the people you'd go to or if you got it, you maybe get a quote or two. You might put it in a media release. They might get a grab or two on radio or in television sense, we might use that seven-second grab of them on the news talking about a particular issue. These days with content marketing, you are the uh, really the curator of your own destiny in a sense that you can make the piece as long, as short, as relevant as you need to. Uh, in an initial sense, yeah, they're a little bit fearful or a little bit, mm, how's this going to play out? 
once they get into talking about their passion, if you've been somewhere for 50 years, you're pretty passionate about it. <laughs> once they get into tell their story, you find them bursting at the seams just to give over their knowledge, their advice and their perspective too. So they've really come along the journey as well. So no lack of storytellers, no lack of stories. How are you going to organise this in such a way that ActuWater is taking advantage of being a media company? So is it you are out there through multiple channels every day telling your story. How do you organise your team to deliver that output? Really, it gets down to a few things. Work out what you want to say, why you want to say it, how you're going to say it, what channel you're going to say it, who you're going to say it to. And for us, a lot of competing demands. So, for example, we might use uh, Twitter in the sense of saying uh, we have a burst pipe or we have an issue that we need highlighting. This is how we'll communicate that the issues happened. Come back to the website for more details. We might use YouTube in a sense of wanting to explain things a bit further, such as our our longer content marketing pieces. And so the the story goes on with our channels. The best way to then pull that back and say, we've got to have a bit of a planned approach here. So the planned approach comes really down to a publishing calendar for us to systematically work out, you know what, once or twice a day, we're going to publish here. And what are we going to publish? How are we going to publish? And to who we're going to publish will then dictate the channels and what imagery we use. Do we use um, a voice? Is it media grabs? Is it a media release? Is it a still picture of something? Or is it something how we... um is it a promotion or is it something that we engage with a, a, a trending topic or is it something we just have in Instagram itself? So there's a lot of different levers we can pull. It's just working out which ones are the best to tell our story, which ones are the best to talk to our audience with and why. This is quite a modern way of going about your business, of telling the story of the organisation in order that it can achieve its objectives. How have you gone about putting your team together to be able to do this, given that only a short time ago, communications team, the job was to deal with the media. Exactly right. And that has really changed uh, the, the style of how you compose your team. So years ago, it was always, like you said, you would have just a graphic designer, you would have someone who talked to the media, and you might have someone else who um, was, I'm not going to say general's dog's body, but the all-rounder in the team who was almost the junior staff member. Nowadays, it's important that um, uh, whoever is in your team really does have an appreciation for not just social media, but the way you can communicate um, broadly, Um, whether it's through an event, uh, specifically through um, social media channels, traditional media, etc. And you know, there needs to be a certain level of production skills they need to have. They need to be able to set up a simple podcast, uh, take a, a video camera with them, and let's take some clips. Let's be able to come back and cut that up. We don't have to win Oscars with our um, <laughs> with, with our content. We just have to be able to communicate effectively and look credible with what we're doing. So there just needs to be a base level skill. I call it I'd rather have 10 boxes ticked at 7 out of 10 rather than 2 at 10 out of 10 and the rest sort of dwindling. So it's really important people have an appreciation for that. Technology is also making it so much easier to engage. Uh, years ago, you had to have a graphic artist um, on your team. They had to be highly skilled. Now that classic saying, there's an app for that, is so relevant because it's become so simple. And you can cut things on your phone now. You can um, the, the phone quality of audio now is exceptional, is good enough for broadcast quality. So the way we get around so many situations before having to... Um, 
come up with these uh, very expensive, very labour-intensive options. For us, it can be sitting in front of the managing director, asking him a few questions, literally getting the recording on the MP3 recorder on our mobile phone, editing it on the mobile phone, uploading that to a, um, a media release and to, a, uh, um, uh, to an email and shooting it straight off to the, um, uh, to the media outlet and it's done within 10 minutes. Uh, previously, you'd have to come into a studio, you'd have to set yourself up and you know the story. It would take literally a couple of hours just to get three minutes worth of, of content. Do you find it's hard to keep up with the demands? It is. You need to be structured and you need to be proactive to minimise your reactivity. So for us in, in the water utility space, we also have an emergency uh, response capability and that falls under uh, my communications remit. So that in itself is a totally different bag, but it's so yeah. important because in a crisis or in an issue where something happens, communications is the most important thing. You can have every plan you want, um, but um, we all know that, uh, what's that great saying? Um, plans go out the window once first contact with the enemy is made. <laughs> and that's literally true. Um, communications is paramount. It doesn't matter how good your plan is, unless you can communicate internally and externally and then intercommunicate with either other government agencies, other emergency responders, and indeed the general public, you're dead in the water, so to speak. So for us, um, the social media aspect of that is incredibly important, being able to be proactive, to be able to have content ready to go to explain why things would happen is just as important to say um, XYZ issue has happened with our network that's okay, you'll get 100 questions back to say, well, couldn't you, shouldn't you, haven't you, to be able to say, yeah, understand that. Here, go and have a look at this piece of content, media outlet, consumer, stakeholder. This will explain why this is such a tricky issue. Yeah. Now, since you've adopted this content marketing approach to the way that you um, publish information on behalf of um, the water utility for Canberra in Australia... How have you measured the results and, and the way, you know, how have you measured the impact of, of what it is that you've done? Yeah, we're looking at a, a number of ways in which we can measure the impact. Um, some more technical or, or I guess more precise ways is we're looking at how we can uh, poll and survey our, our customer base and people who we interact with. We're also looking at how we can heavily monitor that social media landscape as well and, and get an appreciation for a little bit of our brand sentiment, but also how we're being received, not just uh, in the news and in social media, but also from our customers interacting with us. The next step we're looking at taking is um, is really a, um, a look at how we interact with our customers at that customer service social media um, yep. interface. Yes. That's a very tricky one to get down yeah. because there is an expectation that you'll be very quick with social media. We accept that, but then we can't run 24-7 like we're not an airline and we're not resourced to that. Yeah. So that's where we've got a little bit of work to do in that respect. So it's really a bit of a finger on the pulse um, measurement measured by some some true figures that we can do through actual polling and talking to people and surveying as well. So since you've in implemented the the program, what sort of um, feedback have you had from the higher ups? You know, the CEO and others are that are they impressed with what you're doing? Yeah, very impressed, and they're really starting to see the level of engagement really does pick up. It is that wonderful thing. How do I engage with my audience in a traditional utility sense? It was very much well. Let's hold an open day. Let's shake some hands. Uh, how many letters have we received? How many um, issues have called our, our, our phone line and, and, and our general inquiries line? What have they been about? Um, 
something we do with every single inquiry that comes in and every single issue that's dealt with. We then follow up with our customers in the ensuing months to actually uh, call back and survey every single one to say, how did we go? Did we measure up? And that's also a good measure of your brand sentiment as well yeah. and also your brand values and your customer service values yeah, and too. did we answer your question? Exactly right. Was it solved? Did, did Is we it still solve ongoing? your problem? Yeah, exactly right. Okay. So give us some... Lots of people listen to this podcast who work in utilities. You know, it's it, it's a podcast that's directed towards the interests of people who work in government and really water utilities are government at the end of the day. What tips would you give or what advice would you give to people to say, okay, to get started, I really want to stand up a content marketing pro- program within the organisation what are some of the things I need to do to get myself started? Yeah, I think one of the obvious things people say is, how do I convince someone higher up, typically older than me, that this thing actually is credible and works? I think just to cover that briefly, that will change and solve itself in a generational change. The kids of today who grow up... But they haven't it, got time. They, they haven't they, got time. They, they need to right. do it now. It'll solve itself in a generation. <laughs> what do you do next week? <laughs> yeah. You really have to get into the mindset of your, um, of your boss, so to speak, and, and work out... What are their objectives? How can I solve that simply, easily, with a measurable result? And that's, I think, your first starting point. And you've got to build blocks of credibility for them to start giving you more rope to say, okay, I can see where this is going. I can see how this can work. It's always a fearful thing, and it's the big risk. Um, they will see the downside. You will see the upside. It's how you can mitigate those risks for them in their mindset and then help solve their problems. And, and what generally are the problems that they're looking at? You know, the, what, what are the problems that you've seen where they've mirrored back to you saying, oh, but we can't do this for X reason? What is sure. Um, budget will always come down to yeah. it. And in social media, you're fortunate that your budgets can um, be pretty well covered yeah. off. Also, um, social media is a little bit airy-fairy. It's a little bit X-factor. It's untouchable. If I buy a, uh, an ad in the paper, for example, I can see that ad in the paper. I can physically see it. It's tangible. To a degree, social media isn't because it tends to sit in your hip pocket. It's on your mobile device typically. So um, being able to prove that it does have value and that it is connected and the first um, point of call I would try to make uh, um, uh, an issue is get your boss connected, get them set up, get them having a dip of a toe in the water, even if you're managing the account for them but you're walking, you're talking them through so they're exposed to this and they understand it. Another great technique is actually showing who in their landscape, who in their level is actually on their social media and what are they doing. There's nothing worse than thinking, oh, hang on a minute, I'm the only one not in this room, I better get in the room. How do I get back into this conversation? Because look at all these, look at my competitors, they're already here, I better get in there too. So that's another good technique to say, you know what, people are solving this as well. I better get in and start engaging. Okay, you've made lots of progress. It's fantastic to to hear you speak so clearly about the content marketing plan that you have in place and how you're executing it. What's next beyond being consistent? It really is starting to grow your message and looking at your, this is always a bit funny, it's looking at the strategic plan of the organisation, really sitting down with your boss and this is where it really becomes exciting when they buy in and they start saying, comms, I've really got to sit down with you guys because I really want you to help sell. This is the message that I need. These are the issues that are coming up. How are we going to combat them? And when you can come up with a plan that includes whether it's social media, traditional media, other communication methods, I think that's when you've really got it cracked. When they come to you saying, I think we can do this, I think we can do that, and they start having ideas, that's really the exciting time and that's uh, the next stage for us. Now, we've focused on external, but quickly, let's just turn the same approach 
internal. Sure. Have you used it exactly the same way? Yes, we have. And it's really about um, mobilising and and looking at your workforce, looking at your issues that you have. Uh, For us, uh, a water utility has lots of different people. So we have people with PhDs. We have people who are in in corporate side of life with suits and ties. We have people who are in um, personal and protective equipment, high visibility clothing who are knee deep in mud digging up pipes. They're all across different locations across um, the Australian Capital Territory. They can be kilometres and miles apart. So they're quite disparate. Uh, disparate. They also work um, in different time shifts. So literally sometimes the easiest way to get to some people will be a post-it note, as funny as that sounds. However, with technology now, the mobility strategy that we have, which is saying let's give all of our mobile workers their own personal um, iPad device, has just changed the game dramatically for us. So now I can walk into the managing director's office we can walk outside, we can record a piece of content within three or four minutes, we can cut it up in just as quick time. He can have a message literally in everyone's palm and on everyone's iPad, whether you're in a truck, whether you're at your office space, whether you're at home within minutes. And the same message can be consistently applied to everybody and everybody gets the same consistent personalised message. So that's the, the place where we're taking it. You can then upload that same message or that same interaction um, uh, across the board, whether it's publicly or even privately as well. And just think, only a few short years ago, your job used to be picking up the phone, pitching stories to the press, and if they didn't pick it up, you had nowhere to go. You didn't. It was, uh, <laughs> the, And the game has changed so much where they now talk to us about what content do you have, and that's a great one. So um, a lot of the media outlets, everybody knows it's a competition for eyeballs with them or for ears, and typically the eyeball conversation is great because they are literally scouring for content. So when you have a local provider who nowadays is not just a television station, you can look at any television station website, and if they're worth their salt and the newspapers, they're not just doing the traditional channel, they're now a broadcast platform. What they need is content. If they're a local provider, they need local content. They need local stories. They need local angles. They need local engagement. Well, David Honke, you are smacking it out of the park, (laughs) really. It it sounds that you've really taken up you know, the content marketing uh, approach of understanding your objectives, understanding your your mission, really getting into that audience. You've really understood whether it's an internal or an external audience, taken advantage of multiple channels, publishing, measuring and evaluating and getting some great outcomes. So it's really exciting to hear someone uh, in, the, in Canberra doing such great work around content marketing. So it must be exciting for you to, to look ahead. It is very exciting and it's just exciting to see results and you see them incrementally and sometimes you see them as a big burst. But it's important just to keep making progress. Sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. It's just important to continually reevaluate and just look at uh, the next option, the next way of doing it. And it is about consistency and it is about just familiarity as well. But I think that, that that's a really good point to end it, I think. And people need to understand that, that what's working today might not necessarily work tomorrow. As technology change uh, c- continues to change, as broadband continues to speed up, as the Internet of Things starts to take hold we know it's going to be different. So testing and learning and having that attitude of, well, you know, let's have a go. Let's base it on some really good, solid strategic thinking. Let's measure and evaluate. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But pick yourself up, make some better decisions and go again. But always be 
testing and learning, but always measuring and evaluating just to see exactly where you can go with the with the content marketing. And it's great to look back as we do. We've been doing this for a couple of years and, and you look back and you think to yourself, wow, I can't believe that when I first started, we did it that way. And then in six months time, you look back and you think, wow, haven't we come a long way now? I, I, I'm scared to think of what will happen in five years' time when we look back and think, oh, I can't believe we were doing it that way and, and look at the wearable technology, look at the mobility that we have and look at the speed of things of communication that we can actually perform. But I think what will never change is the audience and the needs of the audience and really getting that focus on who it is that you're trying to talk to, be it internal or external. I don't think anyone will ever go wrong if they continue to take themselves back to the needs and the questions and the pain of the audience that they seek to serve. Exactly right. There is always that inherent need to know. Okay, Dave Honke, thanks very much for joining us in Transition. It's been a great episode and I know many people working out there in in not only water utilities but in government will take a lot from today. So thanks very much for joining us. Not a problem. Good to be here. You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. For more, visit us at intransitionpodcast.com.au. Thank you.